This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about finding the deeper meaning of seemingly useless information. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today we're going to talk about randomness. I'm in the third week of social distancing. The days are running together, the weekend has lost most of its meaning, it's just not normal. Thankfully, I'm not in duress, I have food, and I paid rent and everything, so I hope this doesn't come across as complaining, I'm just saying it's all very odd. Three weeks ago, I was in Austin, enjoying a vacation, eating delicious food multiple times a day, and now I can't tell if today is Tuesday or Saturday, and I have lost every single one of my routines. It feels like that trip was a lifetime ago. And in the middle of this whole thing, I'm struck most by how random it all seems. I'm talking about the numbers of positive tests, who it hits, who dies from it, where it goes. All of this seems just made up and random, and that's the root of my anxiety, really. The not knowing what's coming next or where it could end up. But in truth, randomness has been around us always. really start thinking about it like I have for the last three weeks, none of it makes sense. And I really mean none of it. The whole thing. Life itself. Why was I born where I was born? Why was I born when I was born? Just those two questions are enough to get you going. At least that's what got me going. But then I think about when I was in school. I moved neighborhoods near the end of seventh grade and that move was hugely impactful in my life. I still talk to friends that I made because of that move. Would the same be true if I hadn't moved? Would I be the same person? Would I have the same humor? Why again did we move where we moved to at the time we did? (laughs) Would it have been different if I hadn't moved near the end of the year, thus going into summer band and waited to change schools instead until the school year was over, thus starting the new school year in a new school? And that's just me thinking about middle school. I could keep going, but I won't because I realize it makes me sound crazy. But just being honest here, these are the things that have been occupying my mind. And I hope kind of they occupy yours, but not too badly. Because all of these questions are kind of unanswerable, right? And there's a whole lot of math that exists to try and figure out the randomness and chaos of life. It's called probability. It's not just for gambling, but gambling is maybe its most famous use, especially because so much of it has to do with trying to guess what number will occur next or the chance of a number hitting given a set of numbers. My favorite old probability math story is from 1610. Galileo, you know the telescope guy, was asked by his patron, the Duke of Tuscany, to calculate why in a game played with three dice, the number 10 popped up more often than the number 9. Galileo calculated that there's 27 ways to get to 10 with 3 dice and only 25 ways to get to 9, thus proving that the chances of an event occurring depend on the number of ways in which that event can occur. 
For a little bit more thorough and advanced approach to finding the odds of a number hitting, or rather a sequence of numbers hitting, we have something devised by Blaise Pascal, a French mathematician that is most famous for coming up with Pascal's wager. You know, that old checkmate for atheists that most Christians use. If God exists or he doesn't exist, it's better to place your wager on him existing and live your life accordingly. Because if he does exist and he's real, then you're good. And if he doesn't exist, well, at least you lived a good life, right? That's Pascal's wager. Anyway, Pascal came up with something called Pascal's Triangle. Now, I wouldn't say he came up with it. It had existed, you know, in ancient China and Persia, but he kind of formalized it for the West, at least. Pascal's triangle is a simple thing. It's a number pyramid that is created using a very simple pattern. It starts with a single one at the top, and every following cell is the sum of the two cells directly above. So at the very top, there's a single one. The next row has two values, which is two ones, so one, one. That's because it's the sum of the two cells above. So one plus zero is one, and then one plus zero is one right? The third row has three values, one, two, one. Again, remember, it's the sum of the two cells above. So the first one is one plus zero, that's one. One plus one, that's two. And the third one is one plus zero, that's three. So see, there's like a little mini pyramid. There's one, and then the next row is one, one, and then the next row is one, two, one. You can keep doing this forever, and that's how complex your Pascal's triangle is. Then you can use this pyramid to determine the probability of a sequence of numbers existing. Now, don't do the math. Someone else did, and they determined that there are 7,059,052 ways of choosing six numbers out of a sequence of 44. Now, these are just two simple examples of many, 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 many methods and mathematical models to try and figure out what's happening in our world, to try and get some structure to the chaos to try and get something that where we can determine what's going to happen next even in something as simple as what numbers come next but do they even work in the book the drunkards walk how randomness rules our lives leonard mladenau goes into this a lot and one particular story really shook me up he talks about how one American pundit predicted turns in the U.S. stock market for 18 years. 18 out of 19 years, this guy predicted how the stock market would do correctly. Now, in the old days, this man would have been burnt for witchcraft, but nowadays he's like a hero, right? Everyone wants to know how he did it. He, gets, he would get paid millions of dollars to be a hedge fund manager. Here's the thing, though. He had the simplest, dumbest algorithm to determine his predictions. All he did was based his predictions on which team won the Super Bowl the year before. That's it. And he nailed it 18 years, 18 out of 19. I mean, he might as well have been flipping a coin. There was no intelligence behind his choices. But any hedge fund manager would take that success, but I doubt any of them would base their models and predictions on who won the Super Bowl, right? It just makes no sense. It makes no sense that he was that successful. It's just random and unpredictable. And yet, we're in this random and unpredictable world. So, how do we deal with it? If you're listening to this in the United States, you have at least one reason to be happy. Community, the greatest comedy sitcom of all time, has returned to Netflix. It's easily my favorite show ever. I own all of it on Blu-ray, which, yes, I know. Who still buys Blu-rays? Well, I buy, I buy Blu-rays. I like having this there. And now that it's on Netflix... I've watched about a whole season in one day. 
The show centers around seven characters of different ages and races and backgrounds that for one reason or another end up enrolled in a community college. It's honestly the most endearing, kind-hearted human show, and it's so dense with jokes and gags and callbacks, it's just a delight to watch. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, and if you have seen it, then you know I'm right. Now, this show originally aired in 2009, right as I graduated university into a global recession, which I believe is a big part as to why I find so much comfort in it, but it's also really just a great show. Now, the third season of Community aired in 2011, which is when I finally got my first real job. And this season has maybe my favorite episode of the entire sixth season run. Episode four of season three is called Remedial Chaos Theory. And in it, the characters are over at the apartment of Troy and Abed, which are two characters that are roommates for a housewarming party. They ordered pizza, and while they're all gathered around the table playing Yahtzee, the apartment door buzzer rings because the pizza guy is outside. Abed says that they can't buzz him up, that someone needs to go down there, so all seven characters do the whole not it thing immediately. To solve this problem, Jeff Winger, handsome disgraced lawyer, comes up with a simple and elegant solution. He'll roll a dice, and counting from his left to his right, Whatever number it lands on, that's the person that has to go get the pizza. Before he rolls it, Abed, the guy that's whose house they're at, warns Jeff. Just so you know, Jeff, you are now creating six separate timelines, to which Jeff dismissively replies, of course I am, Abed. What happens in the rest of the episode is that we witness the six different timelines, all of the six different possibilities that occur when Jeff flips that dice. So in one timeline, it lands on one. In another timeline, it lands on two. And the first character goes, the second character goes, etc. We see this happening in the 30-minute episode, one right after the other. And each timeline is very, very different. In one of them, for example, two of the characters kiss. In another timeline, everyone ends up upset. In another timeline, they all kind of team up against one of the characters that keeps baking stuff for them. And yet in another timeline, one of the characters ends up shot in the leg with a gun. A fire breaks out. And this one here is called the darkest timeline. <laughs> now, I know it sounds like a weird show, but it's, it's really very good. The point is, this is a great episode. And it deals with this idea of what if moments in our lives. You know, those thoughts that I was having earlier of what would have happened if I would have moved earlier? What would have happened if I wouldn't have moved at all? What would have happened if, etc., right? This episode kind of deals with that. How different things could have gone if just for one simple change. And it's easy to get stuck like that, kind of like how I've been stuck these past three weeks. At the end of the episode, and this is a spoiler warning or whatever, but just keep listening. It's okay. You should still watch it. Abed catches the die and prevents all the other alternate timelines from happening. When he does so, he reveals that Jeff came up with this plan because there's seven of them and with his scheme, he's always the one who can't get chosen to go get pizza. He'd be number seven and there's no number seven on a six-sided die. So they all boo him and make Jeff, the guy that came up with the plan, go get the pizza. But before all that, Abed says a beautiful thing that underlies his reason for stopping this whole dice game. He says the following. 
Quote, Chaos already dominates enough of our lives. The universe is an endless raging sea of randomness. Our job isn't to fight it, but to weather it together on the raft of life, a raft held together by those few rare beautiful things that we know to be predictable. It won't matter what happens to us as long as we stay honest and accepting of each other's flaws and virtues." End quote. And that's the truth about our situation. It's no good for us to try and figure out the whys and wonder about the who's next and what not and when is this all gonna blow over. It'll make us go crazy. It almost made me go crazy, to be honest. There's enough chaos in the world already. Instead, we'll weather the randomness of this savage time, holding on to what's predictable, each other. Now, Tell Me Community is not a good show. It pulled me out of this nosedive. <laughs> so stop gambling as well and go watch Community. That's it for this week's episode of the Irrelevant Information Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Review this show on podchaser.com. Just go to podchaser.com and look for the Irrelevant Information Podcast. A review there would really help this show get out there. Share it with your friends. Share any episode too. Um, reach out to me on Instagram at Irrelevant Podcast and let me know what you thought about the show and let me know if you want to hear something else on the show. All right. Thanks, and as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.